Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Welcome to Business Matters presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. Uh, today, we're, I'm happy to welcome Ramveer Nahal to Business Matters. Ramveer is the president of Centera Custom Homes and is a second generation home builder in, uh, in the local area. Uh, Ramveer, thank you for joining me today. Look forward to, to talking. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No problem. So we're in um, uh, unprecedented times, I guess, to say the least, when it comes to real estate in the Okanagan. And, you know, over the I, I, we've been doing this for about a year and some of our discussions have been with industries that have, you know, have seen a real downturn in the pandemic. But real estate is not one of them. We're seeing, you know, record number of buyers, sellers, uh, builds happening in the market. But it's fair to say that your industry that uh, has, has, has hasn't all been butterflies and unicorns. You've seen it, your fair shares of up and downs in, in the real estate market and and from what I know about Sentara and the discussions we've had in the past you've gone on that similar journey even with your company right you started a business you got a little bit of a crossroads and then now you're seeing some really great success so I'm excited to share this journey with the audience and, and dig a little bit deeper so let's get started so before we start maybe you can just give us a little bit for people that don't know Sentara and they're like who is Sentara tell us about it how many years you've been in business who you guys are what's uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys do Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, Rob. Thank you. Um, I mean, in terms of who Sentara is or how it started, I, I would say that, you know, it was definitely one of those childhood dreams. There's that that thought that we all carry as children. And uh, I think Sentara for myself has been a pursuit of one of those thoughts from childhood. Let's, let's call it that. And it's an ongoing pursuit. So definitely grew up in and around uh, an admiration for architecture and design through my, my father, who would often be, you know, sketching in his notebook and drawing house plans. So, I, you know, that that caught on to me very early. And um, that was sort of the start of the concept of what Santera was and um, or could have been. And throughout the years, I guess we formed into what, what I like to refer to as, as my team. So what Santera is today is basically a team of passionate individuals that uh, come together to help you build your dream home. So did you did your dad have a company already that or is this or or was Sentara born from you? No, Sentara was born from me. I think my my dad had sort of the the idea and the inspiration behind wanting to get into it. Um, you know, okay. of course, coming in to this country as an immigrant, it was a lot harder at that time to you know pursue your dream. So he he had to turn into you know whatever would would create work for our family. You know, did various work in the orchards and in the mill mill industry. And uh, this was always something on the side. So I, we, we did a few projects um, on the side when I was a child and progressed into something um, much bigger than that in the later years. So how, how many years have you been, has Centera been in business? I, I would say incorporation was probably 2008, I guess was, was when we got incorporated. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a journey, it's been a, it's been a ride. Yeah, and what's the, is there a story behind the name? Other than you just like the name or is there, is there something there? 
I know that there is a little bit. I mean, Sun Terra, I mean, there's some Latin in there for earth and land. And uh, I did approach a group in Vancouver at the time because I wanted to balance names. So there's, there is a little bit of history behind that. And they came back with a few of my concepts and said, here's a few options. And Sun Terra just kind of hit home. It, it really did. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's great. Um, you own two other companies, ModTrend and Staff Development. Um, I know we're, we're going to dig a little bit deeper in more Sintera, but I, I didn't want to neglect those. And I'm curious, how do the three companies fit together? Like, how do those three sort of work together? I mean, that's a great question because I often think about that in so many <laughs> different aspects. So I, I guess Soth Developments, who I've got a, uh, a relative of mine, Harpreet Nahal, who's a lawyer by trade. Him and I started Soth Developments. And the idea behind Soth actually is, is, means together in, in Hindi. Okay. And so the idea of Soth was to, you know, bring a lot of people with different skill sets together to essentially collectively do something greater as a, as a group. You know, that, that could mean, you know, doing a small investment play where, you know, somebody brings X amount of dollars to the table within the family and we're able to pool our resources to do something better. So that was sort of the, the, the concept behind SOT Developments. And uh, we're in our fourth year now. We've got some very successful projects under our belt as, as a group. And um, Mod Trend Exteriors was more of a artistic sort of, hey, I really love the, the way outsides of houses are looking. And um, it was sort of a company that came out of a almost like a need in the industry. You know, we were getting very busy amongst Soth and Santera. And then we said, Let, let's get into the exterior cladding business. Quickly became a passion, got heavily involved on designs. And at, and at any given time, we're working with, um, you know, various builders throughout the Okanagan Valley for exterior cladding. So where do you find time to run all three companies? Uh, <laughs> in my mind, in my thoughts, you know, I'm, I'm, a, big <laughs> um, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, where you focus is what you get. So I, I, I carve out time as needed, I guess. That's hilarious. Um, what's well, an entrepreneur, right? Always doing something, right? That's part oh, of the, always, in always. the DNA. Yeah. Um, so what regions do you cover? So do you, you're, you're in Vernon, your head office, but you, you mentioned earlier before we hopped on the call, you're in the South a lot, South Okanagan. So is that sort of that area that you guys cover? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, you know, Vernon, you know, we've done some projects at Salmon Arm, you know, going north, but as far south as the Suez and, and certainly a lot of, uh, a lot of the topography in between where we're doing projects on. And are you focusing mostly on new builds or do you do renovations or both? What, what, where do you find the balance? Where, where do you find sort of the business balance? Um, you know, predominantly new builds. I mean, we're, we're, we're a bit more of a design and build firm. So we get heavily involved in the initial stages with clients. Um, but that being said, you know what, I actually had a client ask me because I, I told them recently that we only take a few renovations on a year. And he said, which ones do you take on? And I said, the fun ones. <laughs> Anytime I can see a house and I can see a client's vision and I know that the transformation is going to be fun, then we'll, we'll do renovations too. But typically, you know, two to three renovations a year amongst the new builds that we're doing. So you, you said you said something in that answer that you're, um, you're a design build company. Is that typical or is that not typical when it comes to the build industry? 
Um, to be honest with you, I think it's becoming a little more a little more typical than it would have been, say, five, 10 years ago. Um, a lot of the the mentor mentorship that I've received, a lot of the guys that I've looked up to have kind of always, you know, shown me that that is the right way to go about it. Essentially, if, if we're in the business of creating a dream for a client, then I think the earlier you could get involved in that dream, the more likely the end results will be in line with, with the goal. Awesome. So I've had the pleasure of talking to a few of your team team members at Centera, and I, I, you could hear the the passion, dedication, um, the love they have for what they do. So, you know, I've heard as I was, you know, we've talked before and you know, looking at some stuff sort of last night. You use the word transparency a lot in the way that you run your business. Plus, I believe in your personal life. You're very transparent. You'll say the way it is, and, and that's who you are. And can you describe sort of? how you would define the Sentara culture? Like, how, how would you, and then I know it's a tough question because it's, you know, <laughs> we, we can go in different ways, but yeah. but I just get this real sense, even from discussions now with your team, that there truly is a real strong culture that you've built. And can, can you expand on sort of how you define that and how you describe that? Yeah, no, I mean, another great question. I mean, obviously there's, there's lots of different um, paths you could take to answer that one, but um, essentially for, for us, it, it's culture is a focus. Um, I think that, you know, I've, I've come to realize in, in being in this industry, you know, a decade plus that, you know, how you, how you operate has everything to do with, you know, how you set up the, the company and, and so forth. And who do you bring to the team? So we believe in transparency. We believe in, in accountability. We believe in, you know, open conversations. You know, we have tough conversations in the office all the time, but uh, we always walk away with, uh, you know, a clear sort of, uh, path forward. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I, I've got, you know, th- there's a selfish part of me that has some other goals that, you know, that wants to somewhat be out of the, the business world day to day. And for me to achieve that, I, I think I have to empower the staff and the team that I have around me. And so it's really important that we are, are very open and honest with each other with as many communications as we can be. But you carry that transparency through to your relationship with your clients. I was listening to something, I, I think it was a podcast you did, and I'm, I'm going to get it wrong so you can correct me, but a typical line item on a bill might be 20, 30 items. Yours is like 700. You literally lift the handle. Like that, that's a real deep transparency. And what I was thinking about is how do you, I would say a lot of your clients are probably don't live in the Okanagan, right? People are from all over the place and they might be building here. How do you offer that level of transparency when you don't have someone sitting right in front of you? Like what are things that you guys do to make sure that you're, you're offering that level of service transparency throughout the whole process? Yeah, no, I, I think that that level of transparency is kind of the result of working for clients that are out of town, if that makes sense. You know, you yeah. know, you, you, you know, we, I would say 80% of our clients are generally not, from the Okanagan. Um, and so throughout the years, I mean, the reason we offered is, is truly been feedback from our clients, you know, at the end of almost every job site, you know, we show up and we have tough conversations there too, and say, you know, what would you like to see done different? You know, what did you not like? And, and then we actually implement the change. So, you know, I, I look back to, you know, I've got a handful of clients that I've become, you know, best friends with that come from different walks of life, you know, vice presidents of oil companies and, you know, entrepreneurs in their own right. So I truly believe that everybody has something, you know, something you don't know and taking that advice and incorporating it into our systems, I like to call them, or our spreadsheets is kind of really where a lot of that transparency has come from is how do we 
make it so that we can enjoy as much of the process as we can. Well, we've got to make sure that the details don't, don't weigh us down for that to happen. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment. And I love that. I love that. I mean, I think that when you can run any business with transparency, you're going to probably get the best out of the clients and your, your team as well. Right. So I think that's Absolutely. Um, you, um, a little bit of a uh, swing here, but I've seen you guys have won many awards. So Okanagan Housing Awards of Excellence, Georgie's and so on. And how important are those awards to you and your team? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I, they're, they're very important in the sense of, um, you know, giving back to the team and our, and our, and our trades and our, our partners that have helped create, create the, uh, the project. So, I think they've become a little less important to me over time as my, as I've kind of said, okay, how do I empower the team to, to strive towards this? Like for me, my, my most two important awards probably I've already gotten, you know, one of them was the first one that kind of started the fire of, Hey, I'm, I'm, I, I want to play with some of the big leagues here and I want to really, you know, put my best foot forward in this industry. And that, so that would have been the first award. And then, um, last, not last year, they were online because of COVID and, and the year before, um, we took home five and, you know, my, my father was with me and kind of, you know, did his last walk to the stage, you know, he, unfortunately he passed shortly after that. But so to me, those were two special awards, but, um, for myself, I think just seeing the excitement that it creates amongst the team, because the team really gets to see the day-to-day of what it takes to get a project done. And it's, it's, uh, it's not always pretty. There's a lot of processes and a lot of things that happen during a build. And uh, to, so to see the, see the fact that you could take a project and it has its own story, take it to the finish line, and then actually get recognized amongst your peers as that project being special, I think is, is kind of what really makes it worthwhile um, for the team. Yeah. And how important is that the words and the decision making from a prospect or client perspective? Do they, does that get brought up in discussion? Do they want to see that you have awards on your website before they work with you? I, I would say so. I think that especially with the shift we're seeing now with the, with the sort of the demographic and some of the, um, some of the, the entrepreneur crowd from other parts of the market moving into the Okanagan, they, they definitely, you know, put more, more um, value to things like that. I guess it comes into the marketing side of things as well. Um, certainly, you know, I, I, I've had clients walk in with a magazine and say, Hey, we love what your work. Can you build us this house? So, you know, I, I think, I think there's value in it across the board for sure. Interesting. I want to go back a little bit to what you had asked sort of how you got into business and you said it was sort of, you know, something that you always want to do that childhood dream, but having a dream and then actually acting on it are two different things, right? So, <laughs> so what drove you to start it though? Like, what, what do you remember that time where you're like, you know, you're sitting there wherever you were and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm actually going to start my own company. How did that, what, what triggered you to actually do that? I, I you know, that's, that's an interesting question because I, I find myself reflecting more these days than I did in the last 10 years, probably because <laughs> I was so in the business versus, you know, the whole working on the right. business. So I don't know if it was up until recently that I actually said, holy, holy, I actually did this. Right? So, so, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're head down and going, you're not necessarily focused on anything, but just, you know, getting your roots sorted and getting your, your seeds planted. So I think that it was always a, a vision since I was a kid, you know, I loved architecture. I would, you know, I, I could still point out houses that stuck out to me when I was in high school, you know, driving around with my dad. So for me, it was, it was always there. And I think that, 
you know, my dad guided me into the first project. And then it was like, it was like anything else in your life. When you start seeing results, you know, and, and you know, the results are in the direction of a goal, then you're going to keep doing that day after day. And so for myself, you know, looking back at a, at a decade, you know, we've come from a very small group, small organization to, you know, do, doing very well just amongst the, the rest of the builders in the Okanagan. So you, you mentioned to the artistic side, is that where did that come from? Did that come from your dad? Is that is that where you feel like you got that artistic side? I, I think so, although he would probably never admit that because he, he was always going to push academics and, and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he was he was a he was an artist that never blossomed. And I guess for myself, you know, I, I realized that I was an ar- artist as well. But I mean, let's face it, school in the 80s and 90s was not about entrepreneurship at all. So it was kind of like, okay, if you're not going this way, then nobody knows where you're going. And there wasn't a lot of encouragement if you're an artist. And so for me, I had to use my love for art to find something that I would be passionate enough to continue to show up on so that I can actually build a business around it. So it's, it's been a journey. It's been a journey, but that art art, but it does feel that the artist in me is free now. Interesting. And, and you said sort of, you know, you reflected that you were working too much in the business and on the business. So what does today look like for you? What, what is a day-to-day role? We mentioned earlier that, you know, you're not, you're only in the office a couple of days a week because you're out meeting clients. You're out. So what is a typical day? Is there a typical day? What is your role in the company? Where do you see yourself as more of a coach than, you know, or than a player or like, or a little bit of both? I, I think so. I think that I, I'm, I mean, I'm very blessed. I've got a lot of mentors that are in the industry that have done very, very well in the last 20, 30, 40 years. So I spend absolutely as much time as I can connecting with them, being honest with them about, you know, thoughts and problems that I'm having, and then really just finding ways to implement those systems within the rest of the team. But, you know, a typical day for me is I'm up 4, 4.30 in the morning. I'm a huge meditator. I, I think about the schedule that I have on my day and I, I guess I, I visualize all of our projects, I guess you could say in my head. And, and then, then, I, then I try to focus on being an implementer. Then I show up at the office and I try to implement a lot of those ideas. Um, Rob, you mentioned earlier, it's one thing to have a dream. It's another thing to actually pursue the dream. So I think the same goes you know, on, the, on the micro or macro level when it comes to business. I think a lot of us have a lot of great ideas as business owners, but don't necessarily even follow through on our own business the next day. So I, I do my best these days to follow through on my thoughts and ideas. Hey, it's great. It's, it's, uh, I know that you're um, uh, a basketball fan. So I always, I, and, you know, and I, I look at business like sports, like I really do. Like that's how my mind works is that you know, if you, if you can get a, if you can put a better team on the court, that's, that's your job as a business owner, right? And, and, and you got to do that. So I always wonder if you're, if you're on the court, who would you be? Are you like, are you the, are you Kobe? Are you, you mentioned, one of your interviews, you mentioned Alan, Alan Iverson, you mentioned them. Like, is that? <laughs> uh, to, to be honest with you, I think that's probably one of the hardest parts of the journey is realizing that you're probably not Kobe or Iverson, <laughs> you're probably a little more like Phil Jackson and accepting uh, yeah. So I, I mean, not not to try to compare myself to someone you know such a great oh. in my world, but essentially, I I think that there was that transition of understanding that hey, I could build a better team with better players at better positions and and do a better job of coaching with my experience in business. Well, I, I always say, and before you know, we can talk about this all day, but looking at sort of the Michael Jordan story and stuff and the Bulls, and you know, I'm about I like basketball, I follow lots of basketball too, is that. 
I don't know. It's not always the best. It's not the most talent that wins. They just had a, they had some misfits on that team, like Dennis Rodman, but they knew how to coach, <laughs> knew how to fit in, and they won championships because of it, right? They knew their role, um, yeah. even if you liked them or not, right, as a, as a player. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I admire the most about Phil Jackson, I'm, I'm a huge fan, listen to a lot of his podcasts and so forth, is that, you know, even against the the Pistons, you know, he he recognized something in Dennis Rodman that he needed to bring onto his team. So I've always thought, you know, you, you've nailed it. Like to have a a fully construction, have to have a team, you actually need players of, of all different experiences. And, you know, that's what one of the things I think that does separate us is that, Everything we do is, is we do our best to make it a team approach to everything. That's great. So um, another, I know that team is really important to you, but I know the other, another part that's important to you is community and giving back. And, and, you know, you've supported Bollywood Bang. And I know that's, that's a passion project. I believe that your sister started. If, if sure. I'm, and there's soccer, you're involved in Habitat for Humanity and so on. Um, why is it important for you to give back to the community? And the other part is where did that sense of giving come from? Like where it, it's not with everybody because there's lots of business successful that don't give back and you don't have to, right? It's, but for you, it feels like it's sort of at the core of what you want to do and how you want to run your life and your business. Um, I mean, if I, if I'm, if I, if I dig deep enough, I would, I would say that the, it, it comes from my parents, certainly, you know, I, I come from a community of where, my family, my mom and dad believed heavily in giving back to the community. So I think it's, it's deep rooted there. But of course, you know, as opportunity for myself to give back came, then I wouldn't necessarily give money where they may have when they were you know, going through theirs. You know, I, I think that certain life experiences change you and you give money where you feel that it brings you great joy to do so. So for myself, um, you know, I, I feel that I'm extremely blessed to be even be in a position to be able to give back. And I think that the, the same community that I'd like to give back is the same community that basically put me on and got us going to where we're at. So for myself, I think that there's a there's a selfish part that brings me a lot of joy in giving back. It, it helps me just kind of, you know, stay in that space of doing good. A lot of people have done good for me. So there's that selfish aspect. But then there's also the the fact that, you know, the people that I want to help and support have been instrumental in my own growth as a, as a human being. Interesting. Um, yeah. And I know it's a big part of big passion for you as well, when it comes to an, and I think that's, that's a, I think we kind of, as business owners, if you can, I think we kind of owe it to the community we live in to do that sort of stuff. Like Absolutely. I believe in that wholeheartedly. So. Um, I'm curious a little bit of a pivot, but you, we, we talk about artists, all different types of artists. It, it, right. But I, I assume that they're all sort of have a style, right? You know, a painter, you know, they're painting when you see it, you know, an architect, when you see a building, if you're in that or, or even a musician, right? So a lot of the songs, they say, well, all the songs, well, that's their, that's their style. Do you, do you feel like builders have a certain style as well? Is that, do you find that like Santera is known for this? I, you know, that's an interesting question because I, I, I think the answer is yes, but I, I hope that the answer from the general public is that our style is, is a little more ahead of our previous style. Like I, I often will notice other houses, you know, coming up in the area where I'll be like, that looks like a house that I would have designed a few years ago. Right. So right. I, I really pride ourselves on pushing the envelope of our own personal design and style. So for me, it's more of an evolution of style than a particular style that looks the same from five or 10 years ago. And where do you get that inspiration from then? Where do you draw inspiration from to always? Because I, and that's a, a great point because if you hear, I mean, a lot of even musicians, 
the styles, but they, they, they change to the modern times. They tweak a bit to make sure that they're relevant all the time. So where do you get that inspiration from? Oh man, everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, pre-COVID, I was doing a lot of traveling to LA, New York. I would go to these places and, you know, you could find inspiration anywhere. Like a, a, a set of stairs can, you know, inspire a, a small idea that could be used in a client's house with, with a fraction of the budget, or you could really see something so out of the box that, you know, the next time you have that opportunity, you say, well, no, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? So I, I think inspiration is everywhere for sure. Interesting. Um, and this might be a tough question, but I was wondering about this last night. I'm like, I'm going to ask him and see if we can get through it. But you're, you've built many homes. Um, you've been involved in whatever it may be, renovations and so forth. Um, what, what makes a good build from you? So when you sit back at the end of the day, or you drive, even when you drive in past house, you just made a comment. You said, you know, that's something I would have probably designed two years ago. What, 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 makes, what makes when you drive by and you go, wow, that's, that's great. Like, cause I would assume, I would assume you appreciate other people's work as well. Right. You're going to draw, you're like, wow. Cause I know we talked about, there's people that mentors that you looked at and you're like, yeah, they do a really good job in what they do. What does that mean to you? What does a good job mean to you? What does it look like? I mean, honestly, a good, a good job looks like a good relationship. It, it, it's, you have the ability to go there. If you want to knock on the door and say, hi, the relationship is there. That's part of it. Um, right. You know, sometimes driving by and somebody else pointing out a house that you did, you know, you, and is, is a good job. So there's, there's so many different little metrics, but ultimately for me, I think that a good job is, is, is a job that has a good story behind it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it was perfect and everything went right, but it means that everybody stayed the course and now the good job is because of the story. Interesting. Um, I'm curious what kept you in Vernon. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, kept you in Vernon. So you have the ability to go. Um, have you ever had the interest of taking your brand and your builds to bigger markets? You've mentioned traveling to LA, New York, getting those inspirations. Um, but you're very rooted in the Okanagan. Um, is that uh, a family choice with that personal choice. Did you ever look at saying, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to Vancouver to start building. Has that ever crossed your mind? It, it has, you know, during cycles of the market sometimes, when, you know, and, and so forth. But um, ultimately for myself, I think that, you know, there's a deep rooted um, sense of sort of design and architecture of the Okanagan because of my dad and the upbringing and a lot of the conversations we had. So I guess there's a, call it a safe, the Okanagan is a safe space, Mm -hmm. you know, for that reason. But ultimately, ultimately for myself, Rob, I've I've thought about, um, you know, I I really am big on details and getting everything organized before you scale. So even the decision to go to the South Okanagan wasn't taken that lightly. I wanted to make sure that, you know, if we're going to start taking on contracts logistically, that are further that all of our systems are in place. So I think that anything is always possible. I, I definitely am a big believer in that, but I think you got to really figure it out in your own backyard in, in a lot of great detail before you try to push too far too fast. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, uh, we're, we're the same way. I mean, we could have our head office anywhere. We choose the Okanagan <clears throat> because as I look out my window, that's that's what I want, where I want to live. I couldn't, I couldn't even picture myself living anywhere else. I'll go travel, but I want to come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Okanagan's home. I mean, this is where the heart is. This is where the family is. This is where the the circle is. But but even like, you know, we talked about giving back to the community. I mean, there's a lot of people that are in less fortunate situations that are in and around the streets here. And I've I've become good friends with them. So for me, and I mentioned this to you in the past too, it's like sometimes, you know, having a 20-minute conversation with somebody that's just outside of your doorstep at work, 
actually changes the way you think all day and it actually can solve some problems. So I, I like being local because I, I feel like I'm from the community. And so to stay within the community, there's a sense of uh, achievement there for sure. And you probably feel like you can make a bigger impact in a community like a Vernon than if you were in downtown Vancouver, right? Like, I, I think you can, you can make a bigger impact, right? So I, I believe in that too. I mean, it's kind of like being a, a big fish in a small pond, right? right. You, you have the ability to influence and, and inspire people, right? What do you, right now, um, what do you feel are your biggest struggles when it comes to certain care? What are some of the things that, uh, is there areas where you're, you, you feel, and, and maybe, maybe struggling work, how about opportunity? Maybe like, cause I guess it's the way you look at it is, you know, <laughs> you're trying to figure out, is there areas right now that you're, where you're trying to improve your business and ones that you're, you're, you feel like, yeah, I need, I, I need to get some work done here. Yeah. I think, I think that those, wherever those areas would be is just to, fully empower everybody within my group to, you know, take their positions and, and, and roll with them with me being more of an overseer. I think because I kind of, you know, this, this, this was started from the ground up, there's a sort of desire to always jump in and save the day. And I think as a, and I'm sure a lot of us as employers have that where you've got to really say, well, if I do this today, am I going to free myself up on Friday? Or if I have the conversation today, you know, am I going to free myself up on Friday? So I think some of the biggest challenges is, is that just knowing when to coach and when to, when to actually jump in and put the Jersey on, I think that that's an ongoing struggle that you have in business, especially when you get to this size. So that's a constant uh, narrative and conversation in my head for sure. Um, and then I think the other one is just being um, realistic um, to your clients and, and, you know, people have, I think we're in a, in a market right now where a lot of money is being spent. Um, a lot of dreams are coming to fruition. I think a lot of things are happening that haven't happened for a lot of people. So, you know, as a builder that's been in the community and that's, that's seen a couple ups and downs in the market, I think it's very important to almost overpromise uh, or sorry, underpromise and overdeliver if possible. And I think that's one of the, the balancing points for a lot of builders. Interesting. We're going to take a little bit of a sidestep and I got to come back because I have a couple more questions, but I said, I just want to get to know you a little bit more. So just got five questions. Just a little, dig a little bit more. So um, what motivates you? What gets you up in the morning? What's your motivation? And yeah, I don't know if you're a Simon Sinek fan, if we talk about, you know, the why, why do you do what you do? Um, I love it. I mean, what motivates me is that every day is a possibility of anything. Like, I, you know, I could, I can have a client walk in tomorrow and say, let's build the nicest house you've ever built. Like everything is a real possibility in my line of work and, and these things happen. So I think what motivates me is always, you know, the possibility of what can happen in a day. And because a lot can happen when you, when you're running this many businesses, um, in terms of Simon Sinek, I mean, I've, I've spent the last two years now, Rob, literally, I, I listen to a podcast every, every morning, seven days a week. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that motivate me and get me going anywhere from, from music to podcast to, you know, self-help types of uh, learning. Interesting. You mentioned music. So my next question is if you find yourself at a, at a bar one night and, and it's karaoke night and they're going to, they're going to put them, they're going to put a microphone in your hand and you're like, Rambi, you got to sing something. What would be your song of choice? Oh, it would depend who's there. <laughs> uh, if there's, you know, I, I, all jokes aside, I, I love music and it's not because I can sing. It's right. Yeah, so, so, so at that point, it wouldn't really matter what they put on. I'm not going to, I'm not kidding a home run. So I might as well go for the gold. I'd, I'd probably go for something. Um, 
Oh gosh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I listen to everything from Johnny Cash to Nipsey Hustle. So I, I mean, it would depend on the mood I'm in. It would be, I would have fun with it. Let's put it that way. It sounds like a good mix right there that you can maybe, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, if, if they had to make a movie about your life, so you're, you're, uh, um, they're they're gonna Hollywood's gonna film a movie about Rambo's like who would you pick to to play the role of of you in 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 the, in this movie? Oh gosh, geez, I've never even thought of that. Um, it would be it would be somebody. I mean, if it's gonna be Hollywood, it could be somebody tall and very good looking because it doesn't yeah. actually look like the me. Rock. We're gonna have the Rock do it. <laughs> I'd be the Rock maybe during off season, but I'm, I'm sure I, would, I haven't actually thought of that. It's a good question though. I, yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of movies, so I'm probably outdated on the actor name. There you go. <laughs> Um, if you could grab a coffee with anybody famous, dead or alive, you could just sit down and have a coffee with them. Who, who would you pick? Who, who would it be? Oh, man, there's so many. I mean, how far back do you want me to go? I mean, Marcus Aurelius, I'd love to have a conversation with him. Mm, I mean, Napoleon Hill. I mean, there, there's just so many people, right? There's uh, Nipsey Hussle, you know, huge, huge fan of Nipsey Hussle. You know, find a lot of inspiration in the work he did. But I think my list would be very long because I, I think you, can, you have a lot of coffees lined up. You're going to have a lot of coffees lined up. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I certainly do my best to have as many coffees with inspirational people that are alive when I can, too. Love it. And last one, if, if someone told you, you, I know you love what you do, but they're like, you can't do what you're doing anymore. You got to go find something else to do in life. What would it be? But what would be uh, if you're like, you can't be in this industry anymore and you need to go find something, are you going to be like hooping it up or what are you going to be doing? Oh, gosh, no. I, I think for, for myself, it's, it's already the direction I'm headed, which mm -hmm. is I, I think I would I would dive heavily into social issues such as addiction, mental illness and, and put myself right on to the front lines of being able to maybe work with people going through various different uh, stages or phases in life for sure. Mm -hmm. Without a awesome. doubt. That's great. Well, thank you for answering those questions. Got a couple more before we wrap up just cognizant of time is um, how do you define success for you? Um, and, and as you think about that, I was thinking, you know, you, you've, you've grown a company um, from the outside, you know, it's been more than successful. Uh, but I, I know as on, entrepreneurs, we always want to do more. So the other part is, do you feel like you've been successful? And, and if you have, how do you define it? What's success to you? I, I think the true measure of success is, is a understanding that, you know, you've got what you want, you know, whatever those goals are. I mean, and I'm not talking just money. They could be health, personal, family, all those things. I, I think defining what you want is a big part of being able to define success because I think it is it is different uh, for each individual so understanding what it is for you as an individual is the first step um, and then I think the ability to um, you know the ability to to motivate and inspire others like I, I think the the true test of okay you know I've been able to you know realize my dreams been able to execute on them to to this level but your ability to now help other people achieve that to me would be sort of the next level of success but success is personal the next level is what can you now do to help other people get there so good segue to my last question so what what does the future have in store for you in the brand and then we have you know you got a couple companies on the go you got three um you know you're 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 working on on the company but where's the vision going to take you what like where, where do you want to be in the next you know it's things change I get it but if you could you could look through and you know worth next couple you know two to three years five years look like what would it look like to you um working remotely for mm -hmm. sure I mean that that's a huge part of it is being able to 
you know, wake up in a world where we're allowed to travel and, uh, you know, at a coffee shop somewhere and, and look across the street and get inspired and, and, and send a text to a site lead and say, hey, what about instead of doing this, we do this for design? Like to me, that would be a big part of it. It's still being a part of, you know, the businesses as they grow and empower other people to, to gain in their positions. But be able to do it remotely is huge for myself. Um, and then B, just being able to be in a position where I could spend more time with my family. I think that one, one of the big takeaways from COVID is, you know, what really does matter and what doesn't. And for myself, um, you know, I think after a pretty heavy year, uh, I think for myself, I'm at, at a point where, you know, flexibility of, of time is, is, is a big part of my goal in, in a few years from now is if I wake up and I want to take my daughter to school, I, I don't want to have to not be able to because I'm tied down. Uh, I love it. I think there's, there's, there's more to business than just dollars and cents, right? So that's, that's 100%. Uh, yeah, I love it. Well, Ranveer, thank you so much for chatting today. I know I've, uh, um, I've gone over a little bit of time and, and I know you probably want to get out of the office. Go, go <laughs> meet some people. <laughs> so I really appreciate uh, you talking about your journey, your knowledge, the industry, everything. And I think we unpacked a lot in a short time, but there was probably another 10 questions I didn't get to. So we might have to do this again. Um, I would love that. Maybe we'll do it over coffee next time. So um, uh, we can do that. But I really enjoyed our discussion. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Um, have a great rest of your day, everybody. And thank you for tuning in to Business Matters. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation. 